Sego. I'm John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. I spend a great deal of time talking about what Native people go through in the U.S. and Canada, but not so much on what our relatives have and are going through in Central and South America. Well, with this program, I have an opportunity to tell one story that is both inspiring and perhaps will open the door to more. My guest this week is Irvin Liz. Irvin is a multi-generational native coffee farmer in Colombia. His people are NASA. And he is working with his people to form a collective to acquire more land, expand their coffee production, and go direct to market with their product. I want to thank his U.S. associates for connecting me with Irvin and making it possible to tell his story. I want to introduce and uh, thank Irvin Liz for, for joining me on the program. Look, one of the things that I've got to say is this podcast, um, which is which is really about native voices, uh, and and I spent a great deal of time talking about the oppression that the native people have experienced. But I haven't had as many uh, native guests from uh, from from South America or even Central America. Uh, I don't have as many contacts, so I appreciate your uh, your your friend uh, uh, Ben for reaching out to me to suggest having you join me on the program. And uh, um, so let's let's go ahead and do it. Uh, uh, Irvin, g- give me your a little bit of your background, and then we'll we'll kind of develop the story as we go. All right, thank you so much, John. Uh, yes, yeah, so my name is Irvin Liz. I am a NASA native from the south of Colombia. Um, so NASA is spelled just as the as the NASA as the International <laughs> Space uh, Administration, right? So so we we are a a group of of indigenous peoples in the south in the in the Cauca state. Um, my 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 parents and pretty much my entire family uh, are one hundred percent indigenous peoples and. You know, we we still uh, at home uh, speaking our native language, although it has been diminishing over the times. And and as uh, so, I in this morning I was listening to one of your the latest podcasts that you were uh, that you had, and I was just remembering about you know the struggles that indigenous people here in Colombia have had because they are very similar to uh, the the issues that have happened throughout the entire continent, I guess. And you know, one of those issues with uh, colonization was, uh, you know, the, the 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 outsiders trying to take away our our mother uh, tongue, and that's kind of like the worst you can do to to any group, I guess, because it removes your identity. I believe that language is is one of the main things uh, that uh, that can bring you back to your origins, and you get to understand things in a way that you don't understand without that language. So anyways, uh, in our case, we're fortunate to still have our own language still spoken at home. And uh, so basically to give a little bit of background, uh, in, in 2010, uh, I, I had the opportunity to go 
through a on a scholarship to study in Norway to complete my my high school, and then from there in 2012, I went uh, to the U.S. Uh, to do my my college. Um, program and I did that at Iowa Luther College where I also met Ben and that's how we that's how we know uh, about each other um, and basically uh, when I was at Luther I was able to meet a person his name is also John <laughs> his name is John Bachman and and uh, I presented to him a business idea because when I was in in college I wanted to I wanted to get out of college and do something that could help me of course but also help the community and I say this because you know, I don't come from a wealthy family. Uh, most indigenous peoples in, in, in my area, they are, you know, living in very um, uh, difficult circumstances and most people just barely make a living. And so, you know, in my case, uh, I, I felt that it was a big responsibility, you know, to take care of myself and my family and along the way also help uh, you know, other, other people. So that's kind of like how I started thinking about it. And so I, I created a, a business plan. I presented this business plan to my friend and this business plan was pretty much about buying coffee from my community, bringing it to the U S paying it better, uh, to the farmers, bringing it to the, to the U S selling it there. And that's pretty much what it was because what I wanted to do was do something that uh, you know, was something that I was familiar with. And I grew up in a coffee farm, right? And, you know, I didn't know much about the the, the whole, uh, you know, everything that is involved in uh, delivering a final, you know, product to the consumer. But I did know a little bit about farming it. I did know a little bit about processing it. And most importantly, I knew about struggles of coffee farmers, not just indigenous, but pretty much every coffee farmer in Colombia, right? So Colombia has a lot of coffee farmers and most of them, you know, they, they don't have more than two hectares of land. So it's, it's, it's a very small amount of land and, and, uh, that's, that's all they have to make a living. And it gets very difficult when, you know, the prices are set by, you know, exchange, in the US that dictates what value that coffee has. And there is a lot of intermediaries, usually anywhere between four and five intermediaries. And so I wanted to cut down that and bring the coffee directly again from my family, from my neighbors to the consumers. And that way, you know, we could pay the farmers a lot better. And so that's what we started doing pretty much. And that's where we are now. Well, uh, well t talk to me a little bit uh, about coffee as it relates to your tradition uh is this now i i assume that you you as coffee growers go back pre uh colonization it's, it's probably um um a a product or that or an agricultural product that you guys have been involved with traditionally for for many generations uh right so so not quite as far back uh, so, so coffee was introduced by the by the Spaniards uh, to the to the to the continent, 
However, we have been growing, you know, corn and potatoes and uh, different other all, all different crops. We grow them along with coffee, right? And and that's kind of like one of the things that that um, Ben and 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 Brayden and Travis got to see when when they came here to Colombia. They were here about a month ago, and they could see that you know for us indigenous peoples, it's it's very different compared to uh, to other coffee growers. You know, we we don't just grow coffee, right? We we try and protect the land or take care of the land by bringing in a lot of crops that do different things. So we will have all sorts of plants that are uh, nitro- nitrogen fixating plants. So legumes, we will have all sorts of plants that that you know have roots that allow for air circulation in the ground and that kind of thing. So, so coffee has been a, you know, a, a crop that we have been using for our economic, you know, um, uh, uh, sustenance, but it hasn't been, you know, a, a crop that has been with us uh, forever. It it was introduced. So in many ways, you know, coffee farming uh, was was actually a way that the uh, uh, the Spaniards uh, exploited your your lands and your people right. to produce a product that was pretty much something that that they marketed and that they controlled and and that that's kind of where the story goes um goes so badly because not only do you have colonization as a as a uh, as it relates to language and culture uh, but it also ends up being uh, a colonization uh, economically and so now you have taken back some of that uh right. and utilizing coffee as 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 kind of a a cash crop supplement to uh, to the, the more traditional farming that you guys have always been involved in. Yeah, that's exactly right. So coffee and sugarcane were the two the two main crops that you know the 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 the, the Spaniards uh, brought and and you know lots of the lands that were stolen were were cultivated with this with these crops and they will put uh, you know indigenous peoples to work in there after you know in, in the land that was stolen from them but again like, like you said you know now we have taken that back and in here we also had a big movement back in the 50s uh it was called the land recuperation uh movement right so where where indigenous peoples will go and take back the lands that were stolen back then it was a little bit more um you know it was a little bit more violent unfortunately but today we have we have a lot of uh you know legal means to take back lands that are still you know uh, in the hands of of spaniard descendants um but yes one one of the good things that we have done is is take back those lands and use that for for our own uh benefit even though you know it's it's not enough because you know most of the lands that we have taken back are the lands from the mountains which are not the best suited lands for you know for large uh, agricultural production but it is still something that if our you know grandparents if our uh, you know ancestors had not fought for that we we will not have any of that well and and then you know getting the land back and even uh, asserting yourselves as uh, as uh, coffee producers does not solve the overall problem of the control of the industry by you know obviously the American market and 
um, and, and probably some of the other international markets. So for you to step up and try to put together some collaborations with your, uh, with your, your fellow farmers and neighbors to, to, as you said, cut out some of the middlemen and to give yourselves a stronger presence in, um, uh, and control, I guess, uh, over pricing and that kind of stuff is, is really the work that you've had to uh, apply yourself to. Right, exactly. So, so we, we price our coffees uh, different and it is, it is a lot of work uh, because, because there, there is out there, there is already a market that has been, you know, shaped by, by the big industry players, right? And there is also, you know, quality standards and there is all sorts of uh, things in place to, uh, to, to guide those prices. However, in our case, you know, we wanted to do something very different, right? We wanted we wanted to to not adhere necessarily to uh, you know to the prices that were set out there or to the quality standards, but we wanted to do something better. And so and so by doing that, by 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 improving our our production processes, by you know talking about our 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 agricultural practices, the, the indigenous practices of again blending different crops uh, with with the coffee. You know, the coffee is one of the plants that can absorb uh, a, a, a nutrients from other plants, but also by doing that, they can they can sort of like take. Uh, flavored notes and and aromas from other plants. They it's it's a very it's a highly absorbent kind of like uh, uh, um, I guess uh, plant, and it has been it has, it has been scientifically proven. So this is not just me talking about it. The Colombian Coffee Federation has the largest coffee um, lab in the world, and they have and they have studied that in there, and they have proven that right. So so when we do that, when we grow fruits, when we grow corn, when we grow all sorts of plants along with the coffee. We ensure that uh, several things, but one of those things is that the quality of the coffee is always higher compared to when there is only a mono a mono uh, crop, right? A single crop that is grown in there. We we have several things that improves the quality. We have also been you know studying, learning about different processes. So we are now doing processes that, be, that in the past would have not been made. So with that, we add value to that coffee. And so by doing all of these things, we have a final product that is much different to what the standards are out there in the market. And so because of that, we can offer higher quality at a different price. And by doing that at a higher price and by doing that, we can bring better income to, to our neighbors, to our NASA neighbors. Well, and... There's a, a big movement towards organic products and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I would imagine the, the more that you um, move from what has been the commercial industry uh, processes for, for growing gives you not only distinction in terms of uh, uh, the quality and even the flavor, um, but it gives you distinction in terms of, uh, in terms of process. And, and that creates uh, not only again a higher value but it also uh creates a lot more distinction for what you're doing right right uh, I, I just wanted to talk about one last thing with regards to that uh you know my my parents 
they have always, you know, uh, seen or, or pretty much all indigenous peoples here in, in, in this area, you know, they, they see earth I, and I believe, you know, in North America is the same thing, you know, as our mother. So we want to take care of it. And one of the big things we do is, you know, the coffee, coffee has a lot of, uh, uh, the, the entire production process has a lot of byproducts. Uh, so what we do is we take a lot of that and just bring it back to the, to the ground, bring it back to the earth. And that is one of the things that it's not done anywhere else. Right. And so we, we, we take care of those, of those wastes, you know, water waste and solid wastes and bring it back to the ground. And it allows for, uh, the, uh, microbiome to flourish and also contribute to the quality of the coffee that we bring to the market. Now, you obviously you're, you're coffee growers, uh, and but you talked a little bit about processing. Are you roasting, and are you uh, so? Are, is the product you're selling more than just the raw coffee bean at this point? No, we do everything. So, so we, in the case of my family, you know, we we have our own farm, and like I said, we also buy the the coffee from other farmers. So, so we do everything in house. We 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 produce. Um, the initial process, which is basically the threshing of the coffee after the coffee has been dried, it is done in my house. We have a warehouse and we do all of the process in there. And then from there, we get, we get the, the, the finished raw material, which is what we use to roast. So it's basically, it's called green coffee, right? So that green coffee, we bring it here to the capital city of Colombia, to Bogota. Here we roast it. Um, uh, we don't have our own roasting plant, but we, but we have a, we have a manufacturing plant that does for us. So they are also our allies. So that will be kind of like the only third party involved in that case. Uh, but you know, they don't have control of that. So, so basically they are, they are, you know, an outsourcing company for us. They do the, they do the manufacturing and then from here it gets shipped to the U S to native root us and over there you know ben Braden, travis they are the ones doing the uh, commercial process the sales process and it gets distributed either directly to the consumer or to some supermarkets and that's pretty much how we do it so so everything is done in-house in that sense so uh, there is product that somebody can go to a website today um, right and and purchase and, and that website is uh, nativeroots.com yeah native and it's coffee. called nativerootcoffee.com not roots, uh, yeah with so a, with a, no s native root coffee yeah just native root yeah native just root nativerootcoffee.com okay and yeah somebody could buy directly the roasted coffee in there if they wanted green coffee so like if they wanted to roast their own coffee they could also get it in there they're like a roaster uh, they could also get it in there. Uh, it's a different uh, selling process because we don't normally, you know, sell just like one or two pounds of green, but we still have that uh, service open. I see. I see. No. That, so um, are you do you have any um, um, uh, major retailers that are uh, that are uh, distributing your coffee in the United States as well? Right. So, so Ben, Ben and Braden have been, you know, at, at the, at the, um, 
uh, having leading the 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 process of getting into into supermarkets and where now I believe been in 16 uh high bees in the Midwest so they are based out of the quad cities in in Iowa and uh high bee is kind of like a big uh chain of supermarkets in this area so they have they have uh, managed to get into 16 as of now well, and, and of course, we, we live in a world now where so many people are, are ordering stuff online that you you are actually your, your timing is, is great as far as uh, as far as this, this notion of online purchasing. Um, give me a give me a sense for how transformative this has been to uh, to your to your neighbors and to other native growers in uh, in your region. And is this something that that you're seeing um, other uh, groups that you may not be associated with, you know, starting to emulate a little bit. Yeah. So, so there has been a lot of projects of this nature uh, to kind of like create more economic participation for indigenous communities. However, you know, lots of these projects have been uh, public uh, or like, yeah, managed by the public. And in some cases that doesn't work very well because, you know, there isn't, I, I honestly can't tell you know the details but in in most cases uh this project could get abandoned after a point in time and and i believe that that might be because you know they were maybe projects that were made without uh consulting uh the community first without looking into what the actual needs are and what people actually want to do so in our case because this is a private project i mean it is it is private because you know i, I was the one who started it and now my family is in it, but with the with the neighbors, the relationship is 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 a lot different than compared than if it was you know a, a public project. In that they have been the, our neighbors of our entire life, right? And they know what we have been doing. You know, my father, my father used to be used to used to trade coffee in the past as well. So they know my father and, you know, they all communicate in, in, in the NASA language. So that creates also a lot more trust, but also because this is something that the people are already doing, right? You know, it's not something that was imposed onto them. It's something that they are already doing. And because they are getting paid better for it, then they have a, a big incentive to say, you know, yes, we want to continue on this path. We want to, we want to, you know, improve our processes so that the quality is higher and therefore the payment is higher and the impact has been so we have been working since 2017 uh which is a very short period of time in this in this sense because you know it's only been about five years and initially you know i i said with a goal of of working with 100 farmers you know right now we're working with about 35 farmers that's that's how many farmers we're working with at the moment, and and so we are, you know, in terms of volume, we're doing about a ton to a ton and a half per month. That's how much coffee we're we're uh, moving between the farmers and and the and the and our clients. All of these are specialty coffees, right? So so these are very high end coffees, and the farmers get paid about ten, sometimes twenty, twenty five percent uh a premium on top of what the market is so nowadays it is they are doing really well because 
the coffee has uh, increased in value over the last about four months because of a because of a of a frost in Brazil that killed uh, a huge amount of the of the of the of the coffee production, and so because of that, the coffee has increased in price a lot, and we still keep on paying our farmers, you know, our allied farmers, the 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 premiums that that they deserve for the quality, and so in this case. You know, we we that's that's one direct way of looking at what they are doing in, compared to what they were doing before, right? So they are getting paid more, but that's not the only thing that we have done. So my family has always been, we we have had the fortune to, you know, we are five children, which is a big family, <laughs> and all of us have had the fortune to, you know, to go to to go to college and. You know, my sister, my sister, uh, my eldest sister, from the very beginning, she started a kind of like a fundraising, annual fundraising uh, campaign. And we have been doing that since I can remember. And when I started with that, with uh, with a coffee company, which initially was called the Colombian Coffee Connection, you know, we also started doing fundraising through the Colombian Coffee Connection and bringing home, uh, you know, some some resources to help elders, to help children that needed it. So so through that, you know, we have been able to build two homes for for two elderly uh, uh, couples who did not have, you know, a place to live. And, you know, we have donated uh, to, to th- there is a farmer who, he, you know, who we started working with at the very beginning and he got really ill uh, lately. And, you know, we have also been able to fundraise for him, give him the money to, you know, to go to the hospital. And every year we bring, uh, you know, gifts to the, to the children we bring food and different things like that this year about wait yeah sorry this year it was this year you know we did a fundraiser we raised about i think close to five grand to bring food as well to the families that were affected so it was last year november who were affected by there was a huge national strike here in colombia and through the company, through the through my clients, because how I, I before before we created the Native Root Coffee Company with Ben and and the other business partners, you know I was already doing these kind of things, and I had a lot of uh, uh, clients, and with them I was able to raise all of that money. Pretty much all that money was raised just just me, <laughs> you know, letting people know what was going on telling them about the struggles of the people. And I got a lot of, um, a lot of people supporting the, the, the program. And so we have done lots of things of that nature. You know, this year we will also be doing the same thing. And of course the company always donates, uh, uh, a percentage of, of everything that is raised to also help, uh, the community. So, so it is not just, it's not just one thing because, you know, I always believe that there should be, there should be fairness and 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 there should be humanity above above you know everything else because for me is is it is in it is in a way about you know making profits but it's not just about that it's about doing that in a in a conscious way in a human way about taking care of the people here and you know just doing things right because that's that those are the values that you know we as indigenous peoples have grown with is is to take care of yourself and also take care of the community well i also know 
that there there has been a fair trade movement for a number of years. Um, and but but for those of us who who see these these kind of social movements um, that that offer or, or intend to be beneficial, especially to to going back to the indigenous farmers and that kind of stuff, we know sometimes that they fall short. So it sounds like what, what you're doing is is actually you know probably a, a step above what is what is being broadcasted or, or known as as the fair trade movement. Um, can you, I mean, can you offer any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. So, so, you know, fair trade, I have never agreed with them. I never liked them. Uh, and, and because, and, and that is because, you know, I have lived, uh, my family have lived what, what, what they offer and what they offer isn't, isn't really good. <laughs> um, so I, I'm not going to go too far, too far into, into what they do, but, you know, for the for the most part, is it's not really helping that much the people. If anything, you know, it's in in most cases, you know, most of these seals of quality of whatever, it's it's just something that a bigger company buys and then puts as a sticker on the bag, and then they say that they are whatever. And you know, I have looked into into many of these of these of these uh, of these certifications. And just just kind of like to talk about, you know, the, the you know, um, yeah, I think it, it is fair trade. You you have to um, wait. Rainforest, rainforest is one of those that supposedly you know uh, helps the farmer get a better income. Uh, it it is it costs about five grand for you to be certified. And when you think about a farmer that you know only has two hectares of land, who only can sell about 800 to a thousand kilos of coffee a year, you know, when are they going to pay for a certification like that? They are never going to be able to pay for a certification like that. So I have never agreed with any of those, of those, um, of those, um, uh, programs that, that certify you to do something. Um, because we have seen what it is. And, you know, at some point, you know, one of the co-ops in the region, I think they, they, they were certified for, for the fair trade. And, you know, we as a family, we never saw any of that, <laughs> any of that extra fair money that was supposed to come through. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure if you ask almost any Colombian farmer, they are all going to complain about it because it, it, it never does anything better. It, does, it never does anything different. So for us, it's not about the certifications. It is about real, honest, you know, uh, responsibility and connection with the people. And again, for me, this is something that I feel very strongly because because it it is not just any farmer. It's not just anybody. They are my neighbors. You know, most of them are you know young people that grew up with me in the in the in the reservation you know i know them by by name and, and, and i know who they are i know i know what their struggles are you know i know their children many of them already already have children already, already have families you know and and so and so when it comes to fairness for me it's not just about the word it is it is something that that i have to do it is something that I, I really do I appreciate your your honesty <clears throat> at this because you know I I've got to admit I'm I'm somewhat suspect of all the, of all of that too this this idea that you have 
a a larger, um, oftentimes justice colonial type of uh, entity that is going to certify something as being fair or honest or whatever. And as as Native people who are involved sometimes in uh, in producing. Um, you know, art or, or jewelry and that kind of stuff. We get into this whole idea of whether something is really native made or not. And, right. and the crazy part is you end up having the government involved. They pass. <clears throat> so you get the United States passing laws that will help certify. But that certification is based on their so-called federal recognition of whether you're even native or not. So it, uh, it, right. it gets very, very complicated. And and while some people think that it's, you know, that there may be some good incentives or good intentions, I should say, uh, involved, oftentimes it's not quite as, um, uh, it's certainly not as fair or as honest as, as what people say. So I, and, and, and I'm sorry, I should have, I didn't want to catch you off guard with that question, but I know that in the United States, you're going to always hear this notion of, of fair trade and, and that heck that goes everything you know to everything associated with diamonds out of africa to coffee and out of colombia so um, right so i'm i pre i appreciate your your honesty and your your thoughts on that yeah well uh well again tell me um uh, uh you know looking at a, at a little bit of the the history i guess how how was that struggle um and, you know obviously we know that there was a big movement in the 50s that where where countries uh, um, got their independence from Spain specifically. Um, you know, so there was, a, there was a real decolonization movement. I've, unfortunately, that hasn't uh, ever taken place in, in places like North America with with, uh, with native people in, in Canada and the United States. The, all of that international um, uh support for independence never i mean it, it seemed like it was always geared more towards uh, spanish and portuguese colonies than they were uh towards uh towards english-speaking colonies but uh well talk to me about your family uh going through that period not only for you know um independence from spain but but decolonization as it relates to still being under a, a lot of spanish influence Right. So, so, you know, it has been a long time since, since the, you know, the Spaniards came here. It, it's been a little bit over 500 years. And, you know, all of that time leaves a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, scars and a lot of, uh, 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 cultural aspects that, don't go away that easily and and it, it is very unfortunate but on the other hand you know the nasa the nasa community have always been known to be uh to be always fighting against uh you know the 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 the, the colonial uh strategies to to kind of like make indigenous peoples more westernized and the nasa the nasa were one of the very few groups here in colombia that was never actually uh, uh as the spaniards would call it conquered by war right uh, they couldn't do it because because the nasa natives have always been warriors and you know, we we live in a in an area that is very difficult to to kind of like 
access and, and make and wage war, right? And so because of that, because because the NASA the NASA lived in this area and because they also were warriors, uh, they the the Spaniards never never could come in by force. And so the only way to that they had to 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 kind of like uh, uh, enter the territory was was through religion. And and that's what they use, right? And when they when when they started coming in with religion, because they couldn't do it with with weapons, they had to come in with religion, and that's kind of like the biggest, you know, aspect I will say in 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 terms of that uh, uh, legacy of the of the of the colonizers is 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 the religion aspect and. You know, a, lo- a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, indigenous uh, of the NASA chiefs in the past, at some point, you know, they they adopted the religion, and many of them actually built, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, churches, uh, Catholic churches that are still standing up to today. You know, some of them date back from the 1600, and. Uh, that's kind of like the biggest thing that that you have to overcome, uh, but it's not easy because you know for a very long time, just like in Canada, there were there were um, boarding schools where they will take children to, and they will tell them that you know the NASA language, the NASA Yugwe, was the language of the devil, and so they will they will tell them that 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 they couldn't speak that language because, because they, you know, they were speaking like, like devils. And so, and so, uh, you know, that, 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 uh, that, that process took away the language from, so the NASA was, was spread in a very uh, wide area. And now it has been reduced probably to about 50% of what it was in the past. And many of the many of the reservations they have uh, lost the language completely. You know, th- there is nobody in those reservations speaking uh, speaking the language. So, so one way to decolonize, uh, uh, and it has been it has been a a a general consensus uh, from all of the uh, NASA reservations is to is to work back. Uh, our way to our to our uh, to our culture to our language through education. So so nowadays we have we have a a indigenous government right that uh, that rules over the over indigenous land, and we also have our own educational system. So this 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 educational system was. Uh, instituted back in, I, I believe, 2005. It might have been 2010. I, I don't remember exactly, but it hasn't been too long. Uh, it's it's been a very short period of time, and and with our own educational system, you know, one of the required uh, subjects is is NASA Yugwe, our our native language. And so, one way to go back is doing that. And we as a family as well, you know, just, just directly from, from, from my family experience, you know, my, my grandfather and my father and most of my relatives, they have been chiefs at the reservation. And uh, with that responsibility, you know, they have, they have tried and, and, and advocate for, you know, bringing back our, 
old tradition, bringing back our traditional medicine, bringing back you know shamanism, which is which has been something that that uh, you know for indigenous for the Nazi indigenous people is it's always been about. It's called the good life, right? So it's it's not it's not just mysticism. It's about you know being able to understand nature live with it uh understand understand it respect it and you as 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 a as, a, as an entity of nature how you can relate to it that's kind of like that, what, that it, is what so it is so consistent with what native values uh are throughout indigenous communities this this idea that we that our relationship with creation not so necessarily right. the deification of of creation, yes. but the but our relationship with with creation is such a big part of it. You know, uh, and I know this is a difficult topic because when the church was used as such a major part of um, assimilation, it it we we find ourselves in circumstances. Look, even as we are now really pushing back on the residential school issues in both the United States and Canada and calling out and trying to hold people accountable. We often, you know, see um, not just the government, but, but the churches try to make their overtures. And in fact, we know that the, the Pope has, you know, apologized and, and done these things, especially in, in South America for the, the role the churches played in, in colonization and the sins of colonization but but oftentimes those apologies are so hollow because they don't, you know, as you you mentioned, you listened to you know a previous podcast where I talked about we not being able to have reconciliation without restoration. If if right. we don't see some actions that are associated, you know, like I said, the, the church talks about contrition, right? That 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 it isn't enough to be sorry. You need to take actions um, that that will demonstrate your effort to correct. Uh, the wrongs of the past. And, you know, I, I find sometimes the, the words are, are pretty hollow, but it also makes it very difficult because we as people who um, previous generations, and in fact, sometimes many generations, have became so indoctrinated into that that church culture that sometimes our own people have have a difficult time pushing back against it. And I, and I know that's tough because as a younger generation that, that are that are perhaps not as indoctrinated into that church culture. Um, we have to be respectful of our, of our, uh, of our elders at the same time. And I know this is, this is difficult, but I could, I can almost sense that you, that this was a, a bit of a, of a, of a tough uh, place for you to go, but I, I understand it completely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's totally being because, you know, also the younger generation, they, they are a little bit more educated than the, than the previous one, at least in our communities, right? So so in the past, it was just about, you know, believing in whatever the, the, the institution was telling you to believe without, you know, any any uh, criticism of it, any, any uh, critical thinking about it. Right. And, you know, I, like I said, you know, I, I, I had the fortune to be educated in the U S and in other parts of the world. And so with that, I have, you know, become a lot more critical of everything. And it's, it's not just about being critical for the sake of being critical is, is, is that, you know, you have to, take into consideration the context. You have to look at the history. You have to look at so many aspects 
so that you are able to make up your own mind. In the in the end, you know, nowadays we we cannot simply change things. You know, we have to also respect people, uh, you know, uh, what what they want to believe in. But at the same time, it is it is I think a huge responsibility to to know the past, to know what has happened, to to. Uh, to, to try and correct those mistakes and to also look at, in, in my case, my own NASA identity, look how, you know, that has affected uh, me, how that has has some form of impact in my life and what I have to do, you know, as I move forward. And, you know, my, my grandfather, he was, he was, a, he was a, a traditional uh, medicine, you know, uh, person. He, he was also a shaman. And so my father tells me that I was born with his help because, you know, when I was, when I was still unborn, I was not in the right position, right, to be born. I was a cross and, and my grandfather, he, he started doing his, his rituals and he was touching his own stomach, you know, doing as if he was the one who was pregnant and he finally fixed me in the right position. And then he said, he's ready to be born. And at that moment I was born. So, so, you know, there is, there is this kind of things that have happened. And so, again, I have to take into consideration everything. I have to look at everything. I have to, you may, you know, make a, make a, uh, an assessment of, you know, of all the context and, and make up my own mind. And, and that's kind of like where I'm at. And it is a struggle because, you know, uh, it's, we have all been influenced by, <laughs> by everything that is around. And so it is, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough situation. Uh, it's, uh, you know, if, if anything, it, it just makes me always just, uh, you know, wonder what is relationship between, you know, me and God, me and nature, me and my family, because I don't know, may, maybe there is a connection between everything, but, uh, you know, for a long time, unfortunately, religion was used to do so much damage to the community. And that has, that has to be accounted for. Well, and, and let's be honest. I mean, religion also tied into um, not just the exploitation of us spiritually, but, uh, but, and, and culturally language, but, but economically, uh, the, the impact that the church has played on, on what, on capitalism, on, uh, you know, on the seizing of land for the state and for, you know, for, for so many other, uh, so many other parts of what we see today that are impacting things like climate change and, uh, and and consumerism and that kind of stuff. A lot of that was was advocated, uh, if not implemented, you know, through the church. So, so what we see today is a return to some of these um, uh, traditional ways of thinking and living um, are are starting to be viewed by not just indigenous people but other people to say, look, there there must be better solutions to to the way that we are living on the planet. So. Um, I think trying to reevaluate um, our our traditions and, and and some not just our beliefs but that knowledge that uh, you know, that was attempted to be covered up and buried by by church and state and that kind of thing that kind of thing is is so important. So and and I, and I see what you're doing even as we return back to to talk about coffee and uh, coffee growing and distribution. 
I see that you are introducing uh, a value system that is that is more based on on tradition and culture. And yep. you know, and I I did want to step back into uh, into some of that uh, oppressive past, only to to demonstrate what you're doing now and and how much distinction there is to what you're doing now. Yes, yes, exactly. And again, I just wanted to reiterate what you just said. You know, it's it's not it's not just uh, it's not just about in you know in this case about it's not it's not just about you know taking that capitalist uh, you know ideas and bringing it here to do something, but it's about you know mixing mixing what I have learned on the outside is mixing what I have learned on the inside, right? Is bringing the roots. And I think that's why our names is also very representative. You know, it's, it's native root, right? Because, you know, we are the majority owners of the company. We as a family and it, it, we are natives, right? So, so we are, we are taking, we're taking sort of like the best of, of both sides to be able to bring something different for the community. You know, we, you know, I, I, I believe that there should be intervention from, from, from the government, but there also should be, you know, our own personal responsibilities, right? When it comes to reparations, when it comes to making a change in the world, right? So, so I don't want to just, uh, wait and depend on, on on a third party to to make the changes that's kind of like what i have learned right so so because of that because of that i am taking i am taking this institution capitalism to be able to bring good to the you know to the community to the people while we provide while we bring to to that to that product that knowledge and traditions that we have always carried with us that was taken away from us, but that we have recovered. And it actually is very valuable, not just, not just as a tradition, but as something tangible that, that gives a higher quality to the products that we are bringing to the market. Well, and I appreciate that. I mean, look, we, we know that we all do depend on um, on on currency, on uh, on you know purchasing a, um, many of the products that we use uh, to live day to day. But one of the things that that is clear uh, as we you know, as we see kind of a foreboding future because of climate change and that kind of stuff, the more that we rely on the people closest to us. And, you know, so when we talk about local economy, when we talk about uh, being fair to each other, um, this is, you know, th it's an important aspect. And, and I think it, it, it gets, I mean, it, and it has a direct tie to our, to our traditions and our culture. So I, I look at what you're doing and I, and I, and I, and again, I'm very optimistic. Uh, I, I think a lot of what you're doing is, uh, is the way many industries have to change, and 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 especially agricultural industries. I, we know that there's there's such exploitation when it comes to agriculture in general, um, and the people who have their hands in the in the soil 
are the ones who are exploited the most. And, and, and that goes back to, you know, slavery and, and any number of other things that, uh, that have been a part of building the very capitalist system that, that we exist in today. It, it's built upon on some of those things. So the idea that, that we start to empower the people who are actually the producers the, and, and empower the people who are actually uh, putting their, their, their knowledge and their traditions and that kind of thing back into the, into the products that, uh, that we consume. I think that's, that's a, a very positive thing. So I, I applaud the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Well, let's, uh, I, I, let's, let's finish it off by, uh, by again, talking about, about the products that you, uh, g- give me a sense. Cause I, I'm not, I, I'm going to pull your site up and your, and your site again is, is native root coffee.com. Yes. And, Give me a give me a sense what somebody is going to find when they go there. Yeah, so they are going to see they are going to see. So we wanted to put we wanted to put you know the 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 farmers at the front of it, and so you they are going to see uh, the stories of the farmers. They are going to see uh, four products right now, right, and and each product has their own it, its own description. Who grow the coffees, all of that, because again, it it you know part of that. Part of that honesty comes from, you know, saying who was the people who, who you know, grew this coffee. So they are the, the you know, if, when somebody goes in there, they're gonna see that they're gonna see those stories, and uh, yeah, I mean, those are the two important things. They are gonna see coffee, their descriptions, who produced the coffees. They are gonna see, yeah, some 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 highlights of about the farmers' profiles and. Um, you know, if, if somebody wanted to, you know, go into, into the coffee club as well, if, you know, somebody loves coffee and wants to support, uh, this project, they can, they can get into the coffee club and get coffee every month as well. That's cool. All right. Well, well, again, I, I, I want to tell you how much I appreciate and I want to give a thanks to, uh, to Ben for connecting us. Um, and let's, uh, let's stay in touch. Uh, if you will, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out your website and I'll, uh, and I will be uh, become a customer. I am a I'm a, a coffee consumer, so <laughs> so I will uh, I <laughs> nice. will be the consumer of your coffee. Um, I would also be interested in trying to um, facilitate in any way that I can to connect you to um, to other native people um, that I'm familiar with because I know I do have some friends who uh, who do uh, um, are, who are in the coffee business and uh, and you know, while they may have existing suppliers, uh, there may be other native people who are interested that uh, yeah, in in marketing your product and that kind of stuff. So perhaps maybe there's a, some collaboration that we can we can forge out of this as well. But uh, you you've, um, you you definitely have have me interested in being a consumer. So we'll see what, <laughs> what we can do from there. Um, again, uh, Irvin Luz, I want to thank you so much for for joining me on the program. Uh, I am interested in staying in touch with you. So uh, let's uh, let's do some follow up and we'll uh, we'll have you back. Sounds very good. Thank you so much, John. And, you know, we'll make sure to get you uh, an extra amount of coffee <laughs> <laughs> so that you, you, you can try it. And maybe when Ben, we should organize a, a sample box uh, for John so that he can, you know, taste all of the coffees that we have available. And for sure, you know, a, any kind of connection help us because like I said at the beginning, you know, the, our goal is to, is to, you know, be able to, uh, you know, buy the production from 100 farmers in, in next year, right? So we're at 35 right now. So we're doing a good progress. Um, 
but what that means is you know we have to we have to uh, uh, sell a lot more product so you know all of that helps and ultimately it comes down to you know uh, bringing better incomes to the farmers uh, down here so everything helps thank you so much I want to thank Urban Liz for joining me on Let's Talk Native. His company is Native Root Coffee. You can find them online at nativerootcoffee.com. I have had the pleasure of sampling this incredible coffee, and I encourage listeners to give them a try. Their product is a real treat and would make a fine gift. So please, again, check them out at nativerootcoffee.com and give them a try. Yahweh. Thank you for checking out the show. As always, if you like what you hear, you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Let's Talk Native. You can follow the show on Twitter at Let's Talk Native. You can also follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Native TV. You can also join our Facebook group page. I am John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. Yahweh.